Today, we are talking about how you can be a more patient mom. Because no matter who you are, I know that we all have our moments when we lose our cool. And we all have certain things that trigger us. Today, you are going to learn how to diffuse those triggers so they no longer have power over you. You are going to learn how to rewire your thought patterns to actually change the way that your brain works so that you can be more patient, more kind. So grab a pen and a paper and let's dig in. Welcome to the Nurse Mom Podcast, where you're going to learn how to ditch the mom stress through renewed mindsets, healthy habits, and balanced nutrition. God is calling you to a life of peace, joy, and rest, even during this crazy season when kids are tugging at your legs, you can't get a minute to yourself, and you feel like you have a million things to do. So if you are ready to leave the stress and busyness behind and step into the goodness that God has for you and your family, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some Play-Doh, or whatever is going to keep them engaged for the next 20 minutes while we dig into today's show. Let's do it. moms seem to be patient no matter what. Like no matter what happens, somehow they're always able to keep their cool and they always seem so kind and gentle. And I have a couple friends like that and it's always an inspiration to me. And actually sometimes in the heat of the moment, I think of them like, what would Lauren do? (laughs) Lauren, if you're listening, I really, I really do look look up to you in that area. But what is it? that allows them to be so patient even when things are getting crazy. Now, first off, I want to address the fact that sometimes the way we view people isn't always completely accurate and it might not be how they view themselves or sometimes the way we see people act isn't always the way that they're acting behind closed doors and that's just the truth of the matter and um, sometimes we can be reassured that even when we have friends that seem to be the perfect moms that they make mistakes too so don't worry we're all in this together Um, one thing I I thought of recently was like no one knows my crazy like my kids like I might seem like a mom that has it together all the time to some of my friends but they don't see when I act crazy like my kids do there are certain things that I just would not do when other people are around that I would do when my kids are around and I guess that's just how it is when we feel comfortable with people I mean, even my husband, obviously he knows my crazy more than, you know, you guys know my crazy. (laughs) But honestly, my kids know my crazy more than my husband knows my crazy. There are certain things that I would do, like, like yelling and getting frustrated that I tend to do more when my husband's not home because he's keeping me in line. (laughs) And, And, you know, we all need people to keep us in line. But the truth is, some moms are just more patient than other moms. Why? I mean, there's a million reasons why, but most of them don't come down to our circumstances. Most of us are dealing with pretty similar struggles. Our lives are kind of similar. We deal with the tantrums and, you know, the stresses of being a mom, getting all the things done. So it truly isn't the circumstances, but it's how you're responding to the circumstances. 
some moms are losing their cool when their kids throw a tantrum. You know, I'm included sometimes. And some moms are just able to keep their patience more in that situation. So what determines how we respond to those circumstances? Well, most of it comes down to your mindset, your inner thoughts, what you're thinking in response to what's happening around you. And there are so many things that influence our mindset. Maybe that super patient mom grew up in a really stable home where her parents didn't yell. And you know what? That just was not where I grew up. But the thing is, it doesn't matter what is influencing your mindset, whatever happened in the past, because your mindset is changeable. It is flexible and renewable. So if we pay attention, we're going to notice that you're losing your cool over the same situations over and over again. There is a pattern. Our brains are wired to react in a certain way because thought patterns are just like habits. But instead of habits of action, they're habits of thought. It starts with a cue, some kind of situation or circumstance that triggers a pattern. And in this case, a thought pattern. So for example, maybe the cue is your toddler throwing a tantrum. But let's be honest right here. I don't want to act like it's just toddlers that throw tantrums um, because my older kids definitely throw tantrums and come on, adults throw tantrums too. They might not be the same as a toddler tantrum, but adults are known to throw their own type of tantrums. So your kid starts throwing a tantrum. That's your cue. What do you start thinking right away? Maybe you're thinking, oh my gosh, here we go again. I don't have the time for this. I don't have the energy for this. That might be what your brain is wired to think. But what happens when we automatically think that when our child's throwing a tantrum? See, our thought patterns are going to influence our behavioral patterns. So how I'm going to act towards their tantrum is going to depend on what I'm thinking about the tantrum. If I'm thinking, oh my gosh, here we go, I don't have the time for this, I'm not going to be able to support them. I'm going to probably end up yelling. I'm not going to have the patience and energy to help them work it out. But what if that cue triggered my brain to think something more positive? Then how would I act? Maybe when my child starts throwing a tantrum, I automatically get into the habit of thinking, okay, what's going on with their emotions? How can I help them? Well, my response is going to be completely different. Instead of getting overwhelmed and yelling and, you know, not being able to help them, now I'm going to be able to walk them through the situation. I'm not going to be overwhelmed. I'm going to have the energy, the mental capacity to stop and, you know, work it out with them and talk to them about it. See, our thought patterns can either work for us or against us, just like our patterns of habit. Scientists are starting to really uncover how thought patterns happen in the brain. And now we're able to see the brain in action through brain scans and MRIs. And scientists are finding out that we can actually rewire our brain and change thought patterns. So doctors are using something called cognitive behavior therapy. And they're using that to change unhelpful thinking and unhelpful behavior patterns. And they're finding that as they change the thought patterns, that the brain structure and function is actually changing and that it has lasting effects. But guys, this is nothing new. This is not new wisdom. The Bible talks about this. In Romans 12, 2, we're told, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So way back then, 
Paul was talking about transforming our mind. And transform means to change into another form. And this is exactly what the science is showing us, that there are physical changes happening in the brain when we change our thought patterns. And it's not just the brain that's physically transformed, it's our lives that are literally transformed. Because when we transform our brain, when we transform the way our brain is wired to respond, then we're responding to our circumstances differently. This can change our quality of life. This influences our relationship, influences our level of joy, our level of stress. This determines whether you will be agitated and impatient or whether you'll be easygoing and gentle and kind. You don't have to stay stuck in those same patterns, those same patterns that cause you to yell and cause you to get frustrated and cause you to get overwhelmed and say things and do things that you later feel guilty about and feel bad about because you weren't able to be patient with your kids. And today, we're talking about four steps to help you see real and lasting change so you can be that patient, kind, gentle mom that God created you to be. So I really loved looking into the science behind thought patterns and how this all works because I've been working with clients for a while now and the steps that I was taking with them I found is really similar to the steps that they take in cognitive behavior therapy, which I thought was just really cool and validating. Like, oh, there's science behind this. And I didn't need the science to back it up because I really felt God calling me to teach this. This is how he showed me to make changes in my life. And I was sharing that with my clients and I knew that it worked and I didn't need that validation, but it is really cool to see how the science and God's truth line up. So step number one is becoming aware of your triggers. What are the things that cause you to lose your cool? And then keep a journal. Write them down because you're going to come back to it later and we're going to dig in. So throughout the day, throughout the week, just take note of this. So for me, I have a couple things. Screens. Screen time is always a trigger for me. Not so much the time on the screen, but all of the stuff around it. Like kids constantly asking to go on screens. That is a real trigger for me. Also, cleanup time. We have a daily cleanup and now it's going so much better that I've that I've really have dug into why it was a trigger for me. But for a long time, cleanup time was a huge trigger, usually ended in disaster and everybody fighting. Um, But I'm happy to say that using these steps has really changed that for my family. So be aware of your triggers and write them down. Step number two, we need to start to understand why these things are triggering you, right? We talked about it. Not all moms respond the same way. It's not the circumstances, but it's what you're believing about these circumstances that is making you upset, that's causing an emotional reaction, that's causing you to lose your cool. So what exactly is it that you're believing about these circumstances, Guys, if you want to see change, you're going to have to do the work and you're going to have to dig into this and invite God into this. Ask him to help you uncover, like, what is it that I'm believing about this? Why does this upset me? Because he can help you see things that aren't clear to your eyes alone. So for example, screen time. Why is that a trigger for me? What am I believing? Well, a big part of what I'm believing is that I'm a better mom when I keep my kids off of screens and I'm a worse mom when I let them use screens. And what about cleanup time? Why, what am I believing 
around the cleanup process that is really causing me to lose my cool. So I found that most of it comes down to control. When I can't, when I tell my kids to do something and they complain or don't want to or don't obey right away, sometimes I lose my cool. Why? My belief around that is that my kids should just listen, that I should say clean the living room and they clean the living room. Step number three, we need to identify the lies that we're believing, the negative and inaccurate thoughts. So if I go back to my example with screens, is my value as a mom determined by how much screens my kids watch? Or back to the cleanup example, should my goal be to be controlling my kids during the cleanup process? I believe that the best way to identify lies is to compare it to God's truths. Turn to God's word. What does God's word say about my value? Is my value wrapped up in my performance as a mom? Well, John 3.16 tells me that I am loved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Psalms 139.14 tells me that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Romans 8.1 tells me that there is no condemnation, no guilt for those who walk with Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.5 tells me that my worth and sufficiency is in God. So if I compare what I was believing to God's word, I would see that my worth isn't tied up in whether or not my kids watch screens. And that might seem obvious when we say it out loud, but I think that that's something that many of us struggle with. What about when I take my beliefs about controlling my kids and compare that to God's word? What does God's word say? Deuteronomy 6 tells me that I'm supposed to teach my children. Proverbs 22.6 says that I should train my children. Proverbs 27 says that I need to be a good example. But nowhere in God's word does it say you need to control your children because it's impossible to control someone else. And I've spoke about that before. My job as a mom isn't to control, it's to teach and train. So an easy place to start when we're diving into this is my good old friend, trusty Google. I mean, we have so much wisdom at our fingertips. So a lot of times I'll just Google, what does the Bible say about blah, blah, blah. And I'll pull up a ton of Bible verses. I'll open my Bible and start to dig in and see if they really do apply to the circumstance that I'm thinking about. Also, ask your friends, ask your family, ask your church family. Um, Come to the Facebook community. You know, I really want to grow this community, the Nourished Moms, into a place where we can bounce ideas off each other and encourage each other. So drop in there and post, ask. You know, I'm having a hard time with this. I'm believing that... You know, my worth is tied up in getting the dishes done or whatever it might be and ask people what they think about that or what God has shown them and taught them about that. And we can help each other and grow together. I'll put a link to the Facebook group in the show notes. Step number four, we need to replace the lies with the truth. So in step number three, you identified the lies and you compared it to the truth. So now you have the truth, but reading it once or twice isn't going to produce lasting change. You need to actually replace it, replace those old lies with the new truth. So how do you do that? Well, you meditate on them. You read them. You speak them. You write them daily. 
And an awesome thing about writing. So I love journaling and I love writing things out because I found that the process of writing really helps me to remember. And that is backed up by science. So studies show that when we write things, we're creating deeper pathways and deeper connections in our brain to remember them. And then put it in your own words so it makes sense to you. So in my screen time example, I looked up what the Bible said about my value. So what does that mean to me? Well, it means if my kids watch screens, I'm not a bad mom. And ask God to show you what he wants you to know about this. I've also found that TV can be a tool. And instead of thinking of it as something that's bad, I need to change my perception around this. And honestly, I I think I know why I have such a hard time with it. Because growing up, my grandmother used to always say that TV is the devil. And I like this is something that was ingrained in my mind. And now that mindset is having such a negative impact, TV is not the devil. TV is a tool, a tool for us to learn things, a tool for us to connect with each other and have fun together. And another truth that God showed me is that my kids aren't bad if they're drawn to the screen. Because that's how I treat my kids sometimes. They ask me, I mean, sometimes they wake up in the morning and they're just like, when can we watch TV? When can we play games? And right away, I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, don't you want to do anything else? And then I go through all the reasons why screens are bad for you. They change the way your brain works and blah, 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 blah. And now I'm shaming my kids because they asked to watch TV. Like, that's not healthy. And what are the truths regarding cleanup time in my house? So by looking at God's word, I learned that I'm supposed to teach and train. So when it's time for cleanup and I ask my kids to do something and they say no, well, this is a good example for me to teach them about work and reward. We started um, a reward ticket system where we work together as a team and we earn tickets and we save those tickets up to do something fun. So now they're learning how hard work gets You get paid for hard work, really, which is going to be a lesson that they will carry into adulthood. And they're learning how we can work together as a team. So something that was going so badly and was always causing fights, now I've been able to turn it around to teach my kids positive lessons. It's such a game changer. So I challenge you to start walking through these steps. Do the work. And don't do it in your own strength. Because yes, you can work it out and you can make some progress, but it could never compare to the power and the progress that you can make when you partner with God and the Holy Spirit. As you apply God's word, that's when you're transformed by the renewal of your mind. 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us, we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another by the Spirit. So don't leave him out of this process where you're going to be cutting yourself short of all of the goodness that he has for you. All right, so let's recap. The four steps to being a more patient mom starts with number one, being aware of your triggers, writing them down. Number two, understanding and uncovering your mindsets and beliefs around these triggers. What are you believing about this circumstance? And number three, identifying if your beliefs are inaccurate. Are they lies? Number four, replacing your lies and inaccurate thoughts with the truth. And I'm going to add a fifth one in. Next time you're triggered, remember and apply the truth. Because this is the hard part. This is where it gets real tough because our brains are wired to respond in a certain way. We have to make new connections in our brain. It's going to take time. 
ask the Holy Spirit for some help, mamas. We're going to need it. But it is absolutely possible for you to change those thought patterns and to transform your mind for the better so you can be a gentle and kind and loving and superstar mom. All right, those are your four steps. I hope that this has blessed you and that you can start using these steps in your life. And I pray that God helps you walk this out, that he gives you the wisdom and the clarity to see where your mindsets are not aligned with his truth and that he helps you to make those changes, that he makes it easy for you. God bless. Real quick before you go, if this podcast blessed you or inspired you in any way, could you please take a minute to write a review on Apple Podcast? Writing a review is the number one way that you can help me to reach more moms just like you. And reading your reviews truly inspires me and encourages me to keep doing this work. Also, don't forget to connect with other like-minded mamas in our Facebook community so that we can encourage and uplift each other on this journey. The link to the Facebook group is in the show notes. Thank you for listening and may your heart overflow with God's peace and love. God bless.